Welcome to the sixth episode of The Last Week Out. I'm very excited for today. It's a good day. We've been having lots of good conversations. I think you guys are going to be really, really happy with this podcast and the um, the conversations that are going to be brought up and the things we're going to be talking about. We got some really big news, man. So we've been on just YouTube primarily for the first five episodes, but... We've got it all figured out. We've crossed the T's. We've dotted the I's. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on most of the platforms where you can find podcasts, so it's easier to listen to us instead of just being on YouTube. So we're very excited for that. So show some support. Get on there. Check it out. You know, and uh, please leave a review, uh, a like, a comment. You know, that's going to help us get up in the rankings and get more people talking about this and hearing this message that we're trying to bring along, man. So. So this podcast is brought to you by Sissy Art. Sissy Mm. Art, dude, she just did another flash sale. Did you see what she was putting on Facebook? Were they little cactuses? No, dude, it was just like her, it was just her stuff on paper that she has scattered around the house. And I was talking to her the other day and she sold the majority. She's like, I made a lot of money. And she's like, it's just like stuff that I draw and people love it. So please follow her at Sissy Art. S-I-S-S-Y-A-R-T. DM her. Message her. You know? Send her pictures of yourself. Send her pictures. Yeah, send her pictures of yourself. Slide in her DMs. Yeah, she'll yeah, draw yeah, yeah. you. Slide up in her DMs, dude. Um, <laughs> she, she, These bitches are you. so upset. <laughs> yeah, she'll draw. Send a dick pic, she'll draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, As a cactus. That intro, that intro music, uh, that lo-fi banger was by Devin J. Hancock. You can follow him at Devin J. Hancock. Um, you can DM us for advice at least what, last week out. Sorry, last week out. You can email us at the last week out. Please follow us. Uh, get on the YouTube. Hit the like button. Subscribe. And before we get into it, let's do a couple introductions with uh, the people in the room. You've got me, your fearless captain, Mr. Chudzy, the the doctor behind all this, the person that brought it together. Um, to uh, Adjacent to my left <laughs> is our conversationist, the guy that keeps this going, that keeps the conversations going and gets you guys thinking about stuff. That's Mr. Anthony Tatum. And then we've got, you know, David over here in the corner. There's a drop of me in imitating Mr. Anthony next to me. Um, and there was a question, actually, that uh, we were DM'd, and that was, why doesn't David talk very much? And, well... Yeah, who sent that in? It was my cousin, Morgan. Shouts out to Morgan. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, David, why don't you talk well, so very much? So the answer is I'm very busy over here recording and uh, taking, a- taking people's comments out of context and then slicing <laughs> it up and then mm-hmm. replaying it to make you look bad. And uh, I got a lot going on over here. So I, I, I chime in every now and then. But. He has a very limited vocabulary as well. So it's hard. He doesn't really have many mm-hmm. words to use. <laughs> that's actually David talking most of the time. He thinks he's making sense and actually putting words together. But that's what he really sounds I like. I still smell like Similac. And then there was me. That's me because I'm so young. So I guess I still smell like Similac. So thank you very much. Uh, and I want to do a quick, <laughs> quick shout out. Quick shout out to Steve Wren, a buddy of mine that I grew up with. We reconnected via social media over this past week, man. And uh, I just want to shout out to him because as I've talked about it before, I was bullied a lot as a kid, man. I was fat. I have these weird pepperoni nipples. It just looks fucking weird. I've got, I've had hair on my back since freshman year. You know what I mean? And like, I was made fun of, dude, you know, but now I'm just a 
good looking dude, dude. I'm chiseled, I'm shredded and breaded, dude. And but like when I was growing up and everyone was being mean to me, dude, Steve Wren always took the time to still be my friend, to still hang out with me, to to be nice and to stand up for me, man. And Steve, I was Steve, we're bringing you on, buddy. We're bringing you on, dude. We're we're gonna <laughs> Skype you on here, dude. So big shouts out to him. You can follow him at Steve Wren. That's R Y N N E. And I didn't ask him if we could do that, so please just flood his Instagram with followers. <laughs> yeah, drop DMs really on him. No dick pics for yeah, him. Yeah, dude, please. just say thank you, Steve. Um, so then that's it. And then we've got a very special guest. And I say that about every guest, but every guest is a very special guest. And there was actually some discussion on how to say her name properly. So I'm going to do it right for you guys the first time. And anytime after that, it's going to cost you. Okay. It's Tara Kaler. Get it? That's how you, right. not Tara Kaler. Okay. It's Tara a Kaler. 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 I fucked it up. You did it right the first time. You did it right the first time. Okay, so I think that we have another question. We're not going to ever read who the questions are from besides uh, David asking uh, why he doesn't talk very often. But I think it would be cool to start with the question that we got sent in. How are you hearing me? Are you hearing me good on here? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I think it'd be cool if we started with the question. I think we just throw it over to Tara and uh, I will field a little bit of the question and Tara will field a little and if Chad jumps in too, that would be great. So we got two questions. Uh, the first one is kind of discussing, uh, I'll, I'll just read the question here and it's about, uh, so it was about last week's podcast. There was a lot of marijuana discussion. Mm -hmm. For all of you guys personally or maybe uh, you just don't know, but it, um, it says not do you, generally speaking, not agree with the states that are treating opioid users with marijuana? Or do you think that it's more of a person-to-person -person thing? You guys talk a lot about recovery and transparency in the program. If you use mar marijuana, medicinal-wise, are you considered not sober? What okay. about prescriptions such as benzos also? Yeah, no, this is solid. Uh, I'll jump in on this one. So as far as us as a group, I can't speak for everybody in the room, but I, I think that my ethos probably pretty close to what everyone believes in because it's pretty much formed by my community with marijuana. It's so new to us, at least being in medicinal use. And so I think we're really apprehensive. I think for a lot of people in the recovery community, we've had so many issues with drugs that even when drugs are absolutely necessary and unquestionably deserved, a lot of us have apprehension to even utilize them. And if there's any way not to utilize them, most of us will say, well, let's try that. Let's try something more holistic, something that's not mind altering only because I have such a high proclivity to abusing it. But by no means am I an advocate for people not to. I can't tell you. It's not like in the rooms of recovery, we have a 99% success rating. It's not like everybody we see come in, it works for them. It's more like so, 90. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more like 8%. <laughs> and so the truth about it is, is anything that's helping people, any of us will stand behind. The fear is, is that a lot of us come in misguided and delusional about our actions and, and the decisions that we're making that I'd hate to see someone come in and think that that's what's going to help them alone. And that's all they do. And so it's kind of like your own truth. If you're smoking weed and your life is obviously getting better, then smoke fucking weed, dude. You know, I, anybody that I see come in and they start smoking weed, I always root for them. A lot of times though, like I said, we only see 8% of people and if they go out and they just smoke weed or they go out and they just want to get a job, our fear is that if they don't implement some sort of 
we call it spirituality, but something positive into their life also that normally there's some frailty to it. So there's a, there's a fear there, but by no means are we standing behind the idea that if you're smoking weed, you're not sober, or if you're taking any sort of meds. I mean, there are a ton of people who need medication and God damn it, take medication if you need it. And so it's new to us. So as far as that goes, if we come off uh, like bigots or idiots, probably because we are, and we're still figuring it out just like you are. And if weed ends up being the new greatest thing to get people sober, we'll be the first ones to jump on it and, and be promoting it here. So it's it's in the works. But if you're smoking weed and your life is getting better, who the fuck are we to talk about? I will it? never get you your first hard drug. I'll get you your first hard dick. Yeah, that's an appropriate time for that drop. <laughs> that was perfect. Okay, and then what was the next question? So the other question was, um, so they were uh, relating it back to Danielle's podcast, episode three, uh, and she said, uh, it was very relatable, and it made me think about how when I have lost friends who I used to get high with and in the past and have gotten survivor's guilt to the ones that she was close to, uh, does that happen with you guys? How do you cope? I think that the best person in the room to answer that would be our guest. Yeah. Um, so I, I have experienced that before. So me and my dad used to... Me and my dad used to use drugs together and drink together. And so when my father passed away from a um, heart attack that was induced from drugs, um, I definitely had survivor's guilt in that situation um, because me and him um, drank and and did the same things together. And so when he passed away from drugs – Um, although I wasn't doing drugs anymore and he was, I felt guilty because I felt like, well, what if he should have, what if that could have, that maybe could have happened to me and not him, you know, like Mm -hmm. why am I sitting here and he's not, you know, like why did I get sober and maybe it wouldn't happen to me because I'm younger, you know, then he, his heart is giving out and he maybe should have gotten sober so that he could have like be a more healthy person and kind of, you know, help his body out a little bit and and I would have maybe been able to do more drugs for longer and then get sober later on. I don't know. That was kind of my thinking that I had. Did you feel like you should have been responsible for helping him get better? Or was that is that what the survivor's guilt from? Or what was that perspective? I think it's both. I think it's like, yeah, I, I, I kind of did feel responsible for helping him. And I also felt responsible for him dying. It was like I felt responsible for any of it. Yeah. I think that... Um, it was like, it was one of those things where I just felt like, why am I sitting here and he's not, you know, and Mm -hmm. that could have been me so easily. Or maybe if he got sober and I didn't, and I was still out there using and doing drugs and I would have been, maybe my heart would have lasted a little bit longer. And Mm -hmm. so I, maybe we could have both been, so I don't know what it was. It's just, it's this guilt that you feel when, and I've had a lot of friends die too, where I'm like, man, you know, like I had my best friend, um, when I was 17, passed away, she was drunk driving and she um, rear-ended the back of a cop car going like 90 miles an hour down Bell Road. Jesus. And she passed away of internal bleeding on the way to the hospital. And I literally felt to myself, how many times like, you know, have I driven a car all crazy, messed up, and I didn't hit something? Like, why is she dead and I'm sitting here alive and having this like great life, you know? Um or a friend that I had in the past year that I've known since I was 15. He passed away of a heroin overdose. Um, you know, and people found him in his room, you know, like face down on the floor, like had a heroin overdose. I've known this guy since I was 
15 years old you know and like me and him have been close like on and off you know throughout our lives and stuff and it was just it, it you're just like dude like and it's kind of the truth is it's kind of like a selfish thing yeah like when i really think about it whenever and i'm not saying this is me personally whenever i've had like survivor's guilt kind of it's kind of a selfish thing what do you like, mean it's selfish in the way that you're like man like why do I, why am I like alive and they're not? Um, you're kind of thinking about you. You're not really thinking about them, you know, instead of like thinking about them and going like having like remorse that they were doing that, feeling bad for them, like feeling like you want to hold their spirit close, like wanting to be there for their family, wanting to like, I don't know, make things right. Like with them, you're kind of more thinking about yourself and making it about you, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that with every situation, like you kind of do need to make it about you sometimes with someone really close to you. Totally. I get that. But like, it's also like, you know, that's even with my dad, like my dad chose to use and my dad chose to drink every day. And that was my dad's experience. And that was him doing the best that he could do. Yeah. You know, and my dad died alone in a trailer at 56 years old of a heart attack because he had been doing that his whole life. Did I make it about me? Totally. I did. It was my dad. I had immense sorrow and grief. Mm-hmm. Um, But that was the only like when I really think about it, I'm like, would my dad want me to be super sad for the rest of my life and walk around and be like, my dad died, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's so fucked and he could have gotten sober if I would have just, you know, reached out to him or if I would have just said this or that, like, no, my dad wouldn't want me to wander around for the rest of my life and feel bad for myself and feel like, and how does that? So I can look at grief and shifts for me. I think when I, and I don't know necessarily that this is the natural progression, but I think a limited idea that I had was when I was younger, I would look at tragedy and I would sort of point an explanation to it because that was the only way I could deal with it. It was like, this is why that happened to this person and not me, right? And then as I've gotten older, I think survivor's grief, I didn't even relate to it initially when I heard people saying it because I, I think I was just kind of not giving the way of the universe its credit. And I was like, well, it's probably because you did this and maybe you deserved it or some crazy Crazy shit. shit." And now when I look at it and it's like what you're saying is right. How does that shift sort of happen for you to go from, like you said, like I'm thinking about me, but it's obviously not helping you. So selfishness in that respect is kind of confusing to people because like, hey, you're being selfish and it's like, well, it's not like a fucking party you're having. Yeah. How did you shift it? for you to get out of like wallowing and pity or sadness or grief. Did you go to therapy? Did yeah, you? Yeah, I did go to therapy and I did cause it was really hard when I, uh, so yeah, I, I lost a lot of people, um, from 15 to 19. Right. Yeah. And so I went to therapy at around 20 and it was really hard for me. I felt like I had kind of this like unique experience, especially at my age, that I was. Absolutely. How, so, who all had you lost okay. at that point? So my father had passed away when I was 15 um, of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year and a half or a year after that, my mom got lung cancer. And so I, um, you know, had to, I, I spent a lot of time bringing my mom to appointments and bring my mom to chemo and, and figuring out why my then? mom was sick. I was 16 when my mom got cancer. Okay. So, um, just like this, my whole world just totally shifted. Me and my mom like 
and hated each other. Not hated each other. We just didn't get along. I was a teenage girl. Like you just like a lot of times don't get along with your mom. Right. <laughs> and and that totally shifted our relationship, and I'm super grateful for it. Um, but she um got cancer when I was 16. She was actually a school teacher, and how she found out was one of her students. She worked at South Mountain High School, like super gangster, and one of like her students, she did special ed, threw a book at her head, and it hit her in her head, and they were like. You have sent to, to the hospital, hospital. you know, wow. and then they found out that she had lung cancer. Fuck. Yeah. And so um, she did chemo. Like, you know, we went through all that. I took her to all of her appointments. Um, like, I literally shaved my mom's head. I mean, it was like I told my mom I would shave my head and she was like, please don't like, don't do it. I don't want you to shave your head. I was like, OK, you know, Solidarity. but it was like, yeah, like I really Damn, tried you were to, bigger like, being way bigger than you possibly could have imagined at that age it's yeah like, holy shit and you know what at that age like i knew i was dealing with stuff that i couldn't necessarily like really wrap my head around and that i wasn't fully equipped with to deal with and i knew that uh-huh. being that young it was like i was being faced with all these like problems and obstacles that i didn't know fully how to overcome and it was terrifying it was like it like you know, there was times where I would come home and my mom would be throwing up black. Um, there was a couple times where, you know, she was in chemo and she was really, really sick. And um, one time I came home and she was like seeing things um, that weren't there. And she was really sick and she was like on the bathroom floor throwing up black. Um, and it was it's like a vivid memory. I'll never forget it. And I I tried to help her up and she couldn't get up and I could just feel the weight of her whole body um, me trying to pick up just dead weight you know and mm. um, I had to call the ambulance right and there's you know within it was just like chaos you know it was like I walked into the house and there's her and she's seeing things and talking to people that aren't there on the bathroom floor throwing up black I'm calling the ambulance in rushes in all of these like 13 huge guys with all this equipment and they wheel her out and it's all so dramatic, you know, and then in like an instant, it's just like quiet, but you can feel the thickness of like chaos in the air, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just like, <sighs> oh my God, like stunned by it, you know, and uh, it's that was like a thing I wasn't equipped to deal with. Right. Like, I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, so my mom went to remission. It came back. And yeah, it came back and, you know, she decided she did. It just wasn't it wasn't working, you know, and um, she passed away three months after or three weeks after my 18th birthday. So I was uh, 18. I moved from the North Valley in Phoenix down to Chandler. Now you have no biological, parents no biological parents. I don't have any brothers and sisters. Wow. Um, my dad's family hadn't spoken to me since my dad had passed away. Um, I, when my dad passed away, they came out to kind of like clear out my, uh, dad's two sisters and his brother came out to like clear out his stuff and whatever. Um, and we had gone to my mom's house. They had dropped me off. I was 15. I wasn't driving. They would drop me off at my mom's house and they came in and they were talking to my mom and they all got in a fight and they literally said in front of me, they said, it's your fault to you. No, they said to my mom, it's your fault that Ed is dead. My dad. They said that to my mom, that it was her fault that my dad had died. And it was like, 
so i just i lost it i was like get the fuck out of my house you're like yeah. lost my mind you're on my dangerous two aunts and uncles. 15 year old yeah dude i was moment. unhinged for sure and i was just like get the fuck out you know like foaming at the mouth like get out of here fuck you like because it's not my mom's fault my dad died my dad was drinking and using for years and years and years my mom's like a nice little like school teacher like Mm -hmm. going to church like believing in god like you know like never done any drugs like it's not her fault you know and um and so i kicked them out of their house and i hadn't i literally didn't talk to them until i was like 25 years old so like 10 years later Mm -hmm. 10 years later yeah so your mom passed. They didn't even talk. They didn't even call me when my mom passed away. Nothing, dude. Wow. Nothing. And the older I got, the more fucked up I realized that was. Yeah, like the older happen. I got, I was like, if I had wait, so if I had a brother or sister and they had a kid and both of them passed away, like I would totally fucking call them. Like what? Like yeah, or show up or, or something. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like a whole story. Like whatever. Like I ended up. My dad's cousin ended up tracking me down and stalking me to find me on that side of the family and like kind of bringing me into my dad's cousin's side of the family. And, yeah. and that was like a really good experience for good me. For but. Him. And then so about a year after my mom passed away, my grandfather was really close to my grandfather. He was like on your mom's side, on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. And um, I was super close to him. He lived out here. He lived northern central. So really close to here. Um, And I would hang out with him all the time and see him once a week. He helped me with like money stuff, you know, just was like my parent. Basically, he passed away when I was 19. He was old. He was like 90, you know, and then my grandmother passed away four months after him. So it was like every single person in my family passed away. My best friend died 15 and 20. What about your best friend? Yeah, my best friend died in between my dad and my mom. So I was like 17, somewhere in there. She died um, drunk driving on Bell Road going 90 miles an hour, hit the back of a cop car and died in the the ambulance from internal bleeding. Oh, my god! And so. Yeah, it was like a lot of... So you're 20 years old, and yeah. I, and we'll kind of wrap this into the question, but at that point in your life, what was your sentiment to all of this death? Like, what were you grouping it all together? Were there some that you understood, or was it just like, poor fucking me? Totally, poor fucking me. Yeah. It was like, I... Well, for honestly, poor fucking you, even in this moment, <laughs> no. that's fucking a lot. I don't look at it like that anymore. Oh, okay. It's so funny, because like... I felt really different and especially at that age like I felt I was like 19 years old you know so like I didn't know another person that had I maybe knew some people that lost one parent but I didn't know someone that was like completely untethered from any type of parental or family right um just untethered from it like I didn't know a single person that, yeah, it's that movie wasn't shit. that wasn't in their you know maybe 30s or 40s mm-hmm. that had that experience I felt really alone in my experience you know um, and there was something egotistical on, on one side about it. Like, oh, no one's been, you know, no one's fucking survived through shit like I have. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this you ego. Yeah, jaded hat it's Totally, yeah. But then there was also like a real loneliness, you know, like a real sadness and a real, um, I just, I don't, like I was very like distant, um, very cold, like very, it was hard for me to, um, have close friendships and relationships every relationship i was in in my early 20s i was very distant i was very like not open i was just friends or both friends and yeah and intimate partners you know like i was just very like closed off i Mm -hmm. just was like and i did have a fear like i did feel like people that got close this was my fear people that got close to me die 
So if you get super close to oh, me, you're dangerous. Like you're going to die. Yeah. Like there was kind of like almost like a protection thing towards other people. Like, wow. I don't want you to die. So don't get close to me because everyone that gets close to me dies. So, yeah. it's you like know, the like we're superhero in the Marvel universe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the best it's all about perspective i guess i don't know but like um so in relation to the question like did i have survivors go like yeah i think that comes out in a, in a lot of different ways for me it did you know um and i did i did i went to therapy and i kind of changed my perspective from this like and i think that's normal and it's a part of the process being like sad and grieving and being like why did this happen and wrapping your mind around it and feeling how it affects you Mm -hmm. you know and i think um i walked around feeling really fucking bad from and i couldn't help it you know what i mean like i I think there is a period of time that you just cannot help how you feel it just is what it is um but i felt really bad for myself for like years you know was like how many years probably like three four before it started to turn around maybe five six even you know what I mean like honestly it didn't really start to turn around to like six or seven years later where I was like you know I just don't really like the kind of person this is made kind of like made me become like how it's come out in my life has been kind of damaging and I walk around kind of like oh it's mother's day you guys don't fucking know what it's like to have a mom fucking I have work at a restaurant you know so I'd see like all these like happy people out to eat and I'd be like oh like fuck you guys you know Here's like your fucking pasta like, ang- yeah angry you know and like just kind of pissed off and like the world had fucked me over like this is how I really felt on the this is how I felt yeah. on the inside I felt like the universe had given people like a hand of cards Right. Maybe some threes and maybe some eights and maybe a couple aces and a king and maybe, you know, so like a a variance of cards. But the universe gave me like all fucking twos, dude. All of them. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like my life was just twos all the time, you know, and that's how I felt. And and in order to change my perspective, because that's not true. It is about perspective. Yeah. So it's like in order to change my perspective. I did. I had to go to therapy Um, and I went to a therapist who had, I felt personally credible with dealing with guilt. She had lost, she had was pregnant and lost her fiance and, or lost her husband while she was pregnant and like lost her father, like in an airplane accident. So for me, I'm not saying that that makes you qualified. She obviously had a degree, but like to me she was qualified because i was like that's super fucked up and like i relate to that like awesome you can actually and i really trusted her you know and so she helped me shift my perspective from looking at death and you know the deaths that had happened in my life as a negative thing and and instead switching into like not that death's a positive thing but also like when i thought about my mom i thought about like all the good things that happen with me and my mom or all the oh, good things yeah. that happen with me and my dad or all the good things that happen with me and my best friend, you know, instead of being like, Oh, well here I am. And you know, and, and dope slope, <laughs> you know, whatever this is, this is where my best friend died or whatever. Like right. instead I'm like, Oh dude, I have this really cool memory of being at this like breakfast spot that we went to this morning. And yeah. that was really cool. You did share that. And with us. yeah. And it was like, instead of having this like really like bad, like I would just try to shift my perspective. At, well, what are the good things that happened? You know, and that's Danielle said that shit on the podcast. And I have heard multiple times, you know, people say, and, 
and I try to talk as little of, as possible during those moments of, of grief because I've learned that I, I really don't want to hear it from people trying to like talk me into feeling better. Yeah. Um, and that's my own bullshit. But Danielle said something that was along the lines of, you ought to be grateful for the time you had, but she elaborated a little more and she said, that person's gone now and no one's ever going to get that time with them. Yeah. And you were lucky enough yeah. to be a person that you got those memories. And I had never heard someone elaborate on that before. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. Like I, our, we talked about our buddy and like no one ever is going to get that time with him again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can see that because it's like, no, motherfucker, I want more motherfucking time with that person. Selfish. You know? Yeah, I am. Well, and and what you were saying when you were saying at 20, I mean, for me, growing up, I looked at trauma and tragedy or any hardships that I had faced as an opportunity for a cop out yeah. for me. And then maybe 100%. that's my huge manipulation, yeah. but I genuinely looked at that. And I don't know if that's just hindsight now, but it allowed me to justify my poor behaviors. Shitty it's behavior. like, yeah. And, and I obviously, my shitty behaviors weren't suiting me, but for you, when you're talking about that, were there shitty behaviors just coming out? Did you embrace those behaviors or at 20, you were just like, like you said, you were like, I'm not feeling good, but it took you six more fucking years. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's like love, there was layers and levels to it. And there's still certain things that come out now where I'm like, oh, that's like, fuck you guys. (laughs) 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 There's certain things that come out, like there's layers to it, you know? And, and I think I don't, it's, it's a process. Like there's times, there's times in the past year or two where I've been like, fuck, I really miss my mom. Like I am 30 and your perspective changes as you get older and you go, you're like, man, I never asked her about this or I really wish I could call her and ask her about what her experience was being 30 years old or, oh, I got engaged, you know, like I, I really wish I could. Thanks. I could like hear her opinion on that, you know, (laughs) or just be like, wow, you know, share that with her or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like there's just like really special moments. Like even like now I'm kind of getting like, oh, like teary. You know what I mean? But like there's things I would have, I wish I would have talked to her about that. I'm like really, that I get really sad about when I think about, I never thought about that shit when I was 20. Not that didn't cross my head, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think that I think for like one of the biggest, I don't know, if it's realizations or whatever, but like I, a lot of how I, the perspective change that was big for me is I kind of thought, like I thought to myself, or I don't know if it was like my therapist or what started this pattern of thought, but I was like, okay, let's just say I die. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's just say I die, which is, which is going to happen. Um, would I want my mom and my dad, would I want them to ruin the rest of their lives? Like, would it be super sad? Like, totally, like, be shitty to their friend? Just, like, make it... Would I want that? Would I want them to do what I'm doing to myself? Like, if I'm being real about it, would I want them to be sad? Fuck yeah. I would want them to be super sad for at least, like, a solid year. You know what I mean? Like, I would. If I'm being real, like, dude, you better be fucking sad. Like, I'd be pissed if my parents weren't, like, sad. You know, you'd be like, you're fucking fakes. You're frauds. You're dicks. You know? Like, you're not sad that I died. Right. But, like, I would want them to be really sad for, like, a year. Like, just fucking totally lose their shit and then after that i would not want them to be sad every single day and ruin their lives and not have any good experiences and not move on and not like i would want them to have a 
I would want my life to have a positive impact on theirs. Boom, like perpetuate a purpose yeah, from it. Yeah, like, like I wouldn't. Powerful. And I'm like, so if that's what I would really truly want in my heart, why would I, why am I doing not that? You know, why am I saying, well, it's different for me. I have to carry this burden. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I, they wouldn't want me to do that. I wouldn't want them to do that. So why am I fucking doing this? Like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. That's so fucking rad, dude. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're already 30 minutes in. This has been fucking awesome up until this point. We're going to take a quick little break. Uh, when we get back to break, we're going to dive back into where we're at. But thank you so much yeah. so far. I have these weird pepperoni nipples. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Sissy Art made it. And we back took a little break like we always do we were finishing off with some grief right before the break man and like what what your experiences has been and, and how you've coped with all that kind of stuff and, and I think first off I want to thank you for your your transparency with all that stuff and your experience I think it was great and I I had a few things that uh, I wanted to share as well and that was um, like my experience with it right and when I when I think about um, like I was saying in the break, like I look at my shoes and like these shoes that I'm wearing right now were uh, a friend of mine and a long time ago, like him and I were, were, were heroin addicts and like we got this batch of drugs, right? And uh, we, we bought this batch of drugs and uh, I was like, man, those are really cool shoes. And he was like, yeah, you can go ahead and you can have them, right? He's like, you, you go ahead. And like the, I left and like the next day he overdosed and I didn't and we did the same batch of drugs, right? And it led into like this thing of like, well, why didn't I die? Why, why, why am I here and he's not? And what I came to believe over the years and looking back at that experience is like in that moment, didn't know what to do. No idea. But looking back on the experience, like anything with hindsight is like, okay, this happened to me. And uh, I feel like my only thing left to do is to try and help someone who's struggling with that same thing and to share my experience. Cause we're going to run into people throughout our entire lives that have had that experience. Where like their mom's dead, their dad's dead, and it all happened within within a short amount of time, and it's like, well, how do you deal with that? So I just want to thank you for sharing your experience with it, because like that's the point of all this, is man, as I hope someone hears this and relates with you, mm. you yeah. know. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, seriously, thank you. And and so to kind of synthesize what you've said up until this point, and what we left off at the break with was, you are now thirty. Mm-hmm. And all of that happened when you were 20. So you said it was until probably 26 that you were working through all of that stuff. Yeah. What are you doing now with that? Are you utilizing it like 
very specifically are you I, and I really like that you had said there's still some days and, and that grief has even gotten deeper like when yeah. you talked about your mom like the your level of totality to getting engaged and it's like fuck she's mm. not gonna be here for that yeah right um so who are you today so I would even add too, like sometimes there's grief about not having grief where you're like man, I haven't missed my mom or my dad in so long. Like, and then you start to grieve that you haven't grieved in a while, mm -hmm. you know, like that you're forgetting that I forget what my mom sounds like. I forget what my dad sounds like. I forget, uh, certain things about their personality or, 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 you know, whatever it mm -hmm. may be. Um, I don't know how, like, even when friends talk about their family situations or things that are happening that I'm like, I get grief sometimes almost with like, um, I don't know what it's like to have a family. I can't remember what that's like. Mm. I can't remember what it's like to have family drama. Like, oh, wow. Like, that's really fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even like things like that. I would say like, okay, so who I am today, like what has, I think that what happened when I was around like 20 is I went back to school. So I had... Um, I had done, I was the same before me and my dad used to drink and use together. And so, um, I stopped going to school when I was like 13. I just stopped going to school. I don't what know. Is that, is that high school or is that yeah, middle school? Middle school. Oh. I got truancy court three times throughout middle school. So truancy court is when you have so many unexcused days and they literally make you go to court. You're court ordered, um, to go to like classes because you miss so much school. Um, the only reason I graduated from eighth grade, I had all F's. The only reason I graduated is because my, uh, I will never forget it. My vice principal got me in her office four days before graduation of eighth grade, four days left to school. And she said, um, yeah, I'm going to get you basically. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me in the eyes and she said, I never want you to step foot on this fucking campus ever again. She was like, leave oh, and don't wow. come back. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have to go. I never went back and I went to high school um, and I made it through like three months of my freshman year, four months. And they kicked me out because I never went. And then I went to ALC. I don't know. You guys are. Do you guys is that like the here? metal detector school? Yeah. It's like four <laughs> hours a day. ALC is like literally like right down the street from here. And um, it's like we're all the like fucked up kids to like go to school or whatever. Yeah, they quarantine you guys. Oh, yeah, dude. It's so bad. And you literally just have to make it for four hours. And like you have a syllabus and like you could literally write like just the shittiest thing. Like you just do so minimal of what you're supposed to like the bare minimum. And they're like, pass. Very good. <laughs> you know, like and I couldn't do it, dude. And they have this policy where like if you miss 10 days, have 10 unexcused absences, they kick you out for a month. So I literally just kept getting kicked out month after month after month and I was just using um my mom was a school teacher so she was never home I stayed at friends houses the yeah. friend that died actually I stayed at her uh, house for a really long time mm. um and just like you know did drugs and whatever um so I had a really bad relationship with school and wasn't very good at it um I never finished high school I got my GED when I was like 18 and a half right after my mom passed away maybe 19 um, when I was 20, 21, I had a whole bunch of friends that, um, were, had this study group at our apartment. Right. And I was like, well, I want to come. And they were like, well, Terry, like you're not in school. Like we're all studying. And I was like, you bitches are talking shit. Like, I know you're talking about me. Like, I know you bitches are talking shit about me. Don't lie. Um, and so I signed up for school because I was going to 
crash their little shit talking yeah. party about me. Infiltrate. So I signed up for like two classes at Chandler Gilbert Community College and like was like showed up one day like here I am fuck bitches like I'm school now I can't kick me out I know you don't like me and they were all just like literally studying and not talking shit about me at all and I was like fuck I just paid like $500 for these classes <laughs> <laughs> so like I had to be in school right so my first day, I had an eighth grade education. I didn't, at this point, like I had a GED, but dude, like most, you, you, you don't really, you know, have to go through high school to pass your GED. So I had an eighth grade education and um, I went to college and I cried my first day um, in my first class. I cried in the bathroom twice. Cause she was just talking about like a syllabus and a comprehensive exam. And I didn't know what I never been to high school besides three months, you right. know, like I didn't know what anything, I didn't know how to write a paper. I didn't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went up and this is like, I, I don't know. I just was so humbled at this point in time in my life that I was just like, I'll just ask questions to, I don't care. Like I'll just ask people. I don't, I'm not like trying to have any pride over here. Cause I quite clearly don't know what I'm doing. So after class, I went to my teacher and I said, hey, listen, I'm crying. You know, I'm like, my parents died and I haven't been in school since I was in eighth grade and I'm so scared and I don't know how to write a paper and I don't know what I'm doing. And she was like, oh, my God, like what the fuck? <laughs> and she literally like helped me so much, you know, was I would help me with my papers, would like always like answer my questions, would always spend extra time with me after class, like really like encouraged me, you know, to like go to school and like do it. And so I took a lot of part, I went to school part-time for a lot of years. Um, they literally had to almost kick me out of community college. They were like, Tara, you've been here for five years. Like you need to go to ASU. And I was like, I want to change my major. And they were, had a really great guidance counselor. And she was like, enough, you're going to ASU. Stop. Like you're nice. not changing your major for the fourth time. Like, no. And I was like, ah. so I like went to ASU. I graduated from ASU um, three years ago uh, with a political science degree. I have a minor in women's studies. Woo. Yeah. So like that's from like I had an eighth grade education and I hated school and, and I really pushed myself and it took me a really long time. It took me like seven, eight years to graduate college. You know, I don't have a typical and I compare myself a lot of times to people that are 30 or when you know, I was 28. I graduated on my 28th birthday from ASU. And people, it's like, well, you know, most people graduate when they're 22 or whatever. And they're doctors by the time they're my age. Fuck most people. I know. Bitches are talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I don't know. Like, I just, it's hard. Like, you're like, oh, man. I do have, like, a very, I think my, like, people passing away in my life has also made me, like, a really extremely hard worker. Because I'm, like, so terrified that, like... I don't know. My world's going to come crashing down at any moment. So I work a lot. Um, I'm very like goal orientated. It's turned into like almost like having an obsession about goals, like graduate, being in school. And, and the past couple of years has been really different for me because um, I haven't been in school. Mm-hmm. I've been taking, trying to like get into law school actually. Um, so I like got into a law school about like a year ago that ended up closing. So I couldn't go to that law school and I wanted to stay in Arizona so I have to get a better um, LSAT test score, um, which I'm taking in July again. But that's like been a, a long process. I have really bad test anxiety. I've like figured that out. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. And I've also like, I kind of like graduated, right? I'd spent all this, a lot of years in my younger, late teens and early 20s being in a lot of trauma, right? And a lot of grief and a lot of like fucked up shit happening to me and then I started school and I got really into school and really into working I was like I was just like on an fire. animal dude like yeah. 
I was just all about like going to school, make it happen, working two jobs, like just busting ass all the time and doing the most, you know? And then I graduated and I realized like, I don't know who I am. Yeah. I've never taken time to like know who I am. Like I don't have hobbies. I don't know what I like. I don't know like what my, I, I mean, I know what my political opinions are. I know certain things, but I don't like really have, I haven't really done anything besides, I haven't really had fun that much, you know? Like I've always been like, hey, I can't, sorry, I'm in school, okay, I'm working, you know? Like I've missed out on a lot of things and I figured out like, couple years ago I really liked to hike I thought I hated the outdoors like I legit thought I hated the outdoors dude and I started hiking and it was like a totally new world for me like Arizona became like the best place to be you know like I've been everywhere I've been to Havasupai I've been to Sibiki I've been all over the Grand Canyon I've been to other states I've been to to Yosemite we've gone hiking everywhere dude you know and I never thought I was into that like how closed minded I and I kind of realized wow I really don't know what I like I could be into a whole bunch of shit I don't know I think I hate you know what I mean and I think the past couple years has been about that it's been about like I have I have really started to be like do I not like that maybe I do like that maybe I do maybe I am into that who fucking knew you know what I mean Uh like who knew um and so I've also like kind of start like have been on that journey i quit smoking because i started to love hiking so oh, much yeah we talked about that a little yeah, bit yeah yeah that okay. was like a crazy thing so uh, let's transition into that and before we transition to that one quick question is if i asked you what's the coolest thing about you right now like if you were like what is the coolest thing that you are right now what do you think it is do you know the coolest thing about me yeah what's the fucking coolest thing about you <laughs> Um, the coolest thing about me right now, I think, is that I squat a lot of fucking weight at the gym, dude. (laughs) I fucking kill it, dude. (laughs) Fuck them. Like, fuck it. I squat a lot, dude, and I have a big butt, and I'm, like, really super (laughs) proud of it that I've, like, squatted my way into, like, a stripper ass. Like, it's so awesome. Kind of girl. Like a big, and everyone's always like, dang, butt, good big butt. I'm like, dude, I didn't, I mean, I've always kind of like. I earned this butt. I have. Like, it's really (laughs) awesome, dude. It's like really awesome to be like, I went from being, like, I went from being a really skinny girl. like (laughs) Like a skinny, thin girl my whole life. And I got it really into working out. And. Um, I've always kind of had like naturally a little bit of a butt like it's not it's some genetics a little bit but like I really have worked my ass off no pun intended on getting a huge butt and like I'm people always comment on it and I'm like fuck yeah dude I work hard for this shit and what's awesome is that there's a rumor going around at my work that I have a fake ass and I'm like no my boobs are fake I will tell you what's fake and what's not (laughs) I don't care but like I this butt so what's fake is real my my boobs are fake I have fake boobs I got fake boobs like a year and a half ago new boobs it is well and you were you were talking though about quitting smoking and you told us that that was really connected to a you said eating disorder and yeah. uh, and you controlling your eating and I think yeah. that segues well into like your body uh, ideology and how you're feeling now so let's yeah. talk about that okay yeah so I think 
you know, when I was younger, especially when my mom and dad were dying, I had, it was at one point extremely, when my mom had cancer is when it got really, really, really bad for me. Um, I what felt like did? the, eating, the disorder? eating disorder. Yeah. I've never, I've always been a um, restrictor. So I, I just will not eat, which is so funny. Anyone that knows me now, like you would just never guess that about me. I eat like a fucking horse, dude. It's sick. It's gross. People make fun of me how much I eat and I don't care. Like, I think it's hilarious. Like I just eat so much. Dang um, butt, good big butt. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I get so thrown off. I'm like, what was I talking about? Um, so you, when you were with your mom, the eating disorder. Yeah, took it over. got really bad. Um, I was taking my mom, you know, to appointments and chemo, and I just like felt like I, I couldn't control anything in my life. You know, I was so young, and I couldn't control what was happening around me. And so what I decided to control was my food. Um, and I got down at one point to 117 pounds. I'm 5'10". Um, 117 pounds is very Emaciated. fucked up. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, I stopped having my period. Um, it was really, really bad. And, you know, I don't have body dysmorphia. And, and some people, a lot of people do. I knew how sick I looked. I didn't think like, oh, I look fat. I've never been one of the, I've never had that. That's a different uh, disease or whatever. Um, but I just really struggled with that on and on at that period of time. And, and I think in like when I've broken up with boyfriends or really traumatic things, like in my earlier 20s, it would trigger that a lot. Um, I would have a lot of stress. My reaction to stress is not eating. Yeah. Um, and so when I had like other things that came up, I think when I was younger, I, that was my response. Um, and I also think that, that it's like a socially constructed ideal that we have for women to be very thin to not be strong there's almost like a, a sexuality around being thin mm. right um that i always i i wanted to fit into that construct um and so i i remember like thinking about going to the gym and lifting weights and i was like i would never do that and i don't want to be a big buff lady like ugh, you mm -hmm. know like I I just I didn't I wanted to be as small as possible and like as a woman when you are in society you want to be as small as possible like your thinness is directly correlated with your worth in a lot of situations yeah um and so and and that was that was kind of what I had right and so the past couple of years how that's changed is well I you know I graduated college and you know I was ever I was just one of those you know people on ASU campus like wearing all black and like being super like fucking ASU you know like just so tortured you know kind of and like writing papers 20 page papers and drinking coffee and smoking like three packs of cigarettes like I was just like that's who I was um and you know just like a diehard feminist which I you know still am but just like really angry about it and like you know really into Bernie Sanders and shit and like just really like fuck the free world yeah. <laughs> and, and that's you got fine. a lot of Great. bumper stickers on your car I maybe did at some point <laughs> <laughs> um and so I graduated I started hiking a lot um and I I really wanted to quit smoking I had quit a million times in my life and I really wanted to quit but I there was always this thing that would happen to me is I would quit smoking and I would gain 10 pounds and when you gain 10 pounds as a woman you're just like you snap you're just like fucking I can't gain 10 pounds like absolutely not like you're just like it's directly intertwined with your worth and to me when I would gain 10 pounds my worth and my value would go down and that's not true but that was how my brain was wired um, and so I would instantly start smoking again because I know when I start smoking, I will lose weight. Right. Mm. 
So this last time I had gotten really into hiking, me and a friend had uh, hiked into this canyon and we're hiking out. And I'm telling you, I could barely breathe. It wasn't that my body physically couldn't do it. It was that I couldn't breathe my way out of the canyon, you know? So I kept on having to take breaks upon breaks. That was the last time I ever smoked a cigarette. Um, I vaped for like two weeks and I was like, this is poser shit, I gotta quit. (laughs) Um, And so what I really had to commit to was that my body was gonna change and that I had to separate my worth from what my body was maybe going to look like. Mm Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I had to separate those two things and turn it into a positive thing for me. I, I, I had to accept, I might, I have to quit smoking and I want to quit smoking so bad. My mom died of lung cancer. I should not be smoking. I've been smoking for 15 years. I do not want to smoke. And no matter what that means, whether that means I gain a hundred pounds, whether that means whatever it means, I am not going to smoke anymore. And I thought, you know, I might gain 10 pounds or whatever. I ended up gaining way more weight than that. Um, And my body ended up totally changing. And I decided, you know, I'm going to start right when I quit smoking. I decided I was hiking a lot. I'm going to start going to the gym. Like I know, like I need an outlet. And so I started going to the gym a lot. Um, And instead of, you know, I I gained a lot of muscle. I didn't like necessarily gain like weight in the way that I thought I was going to. I gained a lot of... Dang, butt. Good big butt. (laughs) I gained a lot of muscle. And I gained a lot of muscle like all over my body. And I became really strong and really like loved my body. And I got like a really small waist and a big butt. And like, (laughs) then I was like, put some boobs on it. You know what I mean? Like, why not? (laughs) Put some boobs on it. Put some boobs on it. I actually got me and Steven Rosanelli got hit by a FedEx truck. And that's how I got free boobs. No oh, joke. What, from oh, the money oh, from the yes, from the settlement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that shift, though, <laughs> from quitting smoking to putting on weight to getting into the gym to hiking and doing all of those things was that pretty instantaneous? Do you feel like that was just like boom? You hit the the precipice of change. No, and so I never want to go to the gym. Like okay. I never want to like go on a hike. Like I never want to do any of those things. Like I am a lazy smoker coffee drinking bitch to my core you know and like i never really want to do any of that stuff um what i want to do if i you know to control what i look like uh when i'm sick in that way is not eat yeah um what like go doing all these other things were was a form of like letting my body just be my body you know what i mean and letting my body like appreciating it for what it is and not trying to change it and like appreciating its health and what it wants to be. Well, we're touching on something really powerful here for me, and I don't know if this is what you're saying, but I am listening and I'm hearing you because you had said, I enjoy hiking and I enjoy doing these things. And maybe it's not necessarily the activity that you enjoy as much as you value yourself enough to go do these things. And the fact that you make the sacrifice to go do them is intrinsically like what you're attaching. Like I enjoy that because I do that. You do that yeah. for your best interest yeah. and you make those sacrifices for yeah, you. Yeah. And I think that, I think maybe I'm lazy in nature, you know, and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to go hiking. But while I'm doing it, while I'm in the action of hiking, right? I'm like, fuck yeah. I love this. Yeah. Like, why am I not doing this every second of every day? Like, why am I not like I feel so like free and happy and alive and connected and like free from like the noise in my head when I'm outside hiking or when I'm at the gym or when I'm doing something uh, out of the ordinary, Mm. um, out of the box, out of my norm that 
like it's like I don't necessarily want to do it because I don't want to be uncomfortable. You know, I don't want to be sweaty. I don't want to be hot. I want to whatever. You know, but when I'm doing it, I'm like, I, I love this. It's like taking the action for me, like most things in my life. It's like when I take the action and I continue to take the action, I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I feel great. You know, it's like taking action gets me out of my head and wow. out of my thoughts. That is crazy. That is really, really good. Let's synthesize really quick because we are on the final minutes. I know this time has flown by. You're an amazing guest. Thank you so much. You've covered like a huge idea in the first. And what I heard in the first one when we went outside on break was you were talking about grief and, and how you've kind of utilized your tragedies and become a stronger person as a result of it. It's like instead of being a martyr or even monopolizing on grief, because I can relate with that is now you just can't be a victim anymore. You just have to move forward. And that was really beautiful. And then in this, the second half, what I heard you saying was you take these actions for yourself and for the love of you and your mind, even though like right in this moment, you're telling me, hey, when I go hiking, when I'm out there, I'm feeling great. But then I get home, there's some days and I don't want to fucking do it. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with us as human beings? It's like we we can even... You know, you could write that in a journal and sit down and read it. And then you're still going to have that moment of pause and like this self-deprecating action of like sitting at home or doing these things that for whatever reason we believe are going to make us feel okay. It's like, oh, I'm just going to watch Netflix. I deserve it. And like three hours into Netflix, you're like, I'm a piece of shit. That's why I don't have a Netflix. You don't TV. have one? We don't have, I don't have a Netflix. I don't have a TV in my house. The only reason why I have a TV is because my fiance moved in like two months ago. I don't have enough. I have nothing. I don't watch TV. The only thing I watch is the news. Um, I literally am so the only thing I yeah, I am so disconnected from all shows. I had never I've never seen Game of Thrones. I don't know any of these Avenger movies. I know nothing. I read books. I experience life. Oh, we're going to have to bring you on again. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. This is its own topic. You're, it is its own topic. How the fuck did we get here? You just at like the completely, end? like I <laughs> completely unplugged because it's like, dude, I'm wasting my time. I'm essentially what I'm doing when I'm watching shows is I'm, and I have a very addictive personality. Is I'm, I am living someone else's life. Why am I doing that? Why am I investing time in living somebody else's life? When I'm watching a show, oh, I should be living shit. my own life. I can't. You, you we can't go into this right okay, now. I'm you're gonna make you're gonna make me freak out. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Chad, jump in, man. Synthesize a little bit and let's wrap up again. Tara, thank you so much. Yeah, seriously, of it's been a pleasure. It's been really fun. Uh, this is how I now I want to unplug and start reading more books just from talking to you a little bit because I can tell, like this whole podcast, I've kind of been sitting here listening to you, and and it's almost like a feeling of um, not being at your level intellectually. Oh my God, that's so right? nice. So sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a compliment to you or like a distance. Big butt. Good big butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. You you have encouraged me just in this conversation and just listening to you. And now I say encourage and now I have this motivation to go do those things. Am I going to go do those things? Probably not. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. That's Okay. But like at the same time, just thank you. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for just coming and being exactly who you are. 
Thanks. And you didn't pander to us and you didn't try to say things to us that are like, well, I think they're going to want to hear this. You were like, no, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say I got a big butt. I'm going to say I got fake boobs. I don't even <laughs> care. And, uh, 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 and you just kept going and going and going. And it was like when he asked you, what's one thing about you that's really cool? Then I was thinking about that and I was like, I don't know this person. I barely know this person. But something that's really cool about you, but at the same time, very annoying is how aggressive you are. And you know what? I'm so... Because you touched on that when we were on break. And I I have actually been very aggressive in the past couple of years. And it's been a turning point in my life. Because as we were talking about... I don't know if we... We didn't record it. But we were talking about personality tra- traits that we associate between men and women and gender. Right? And we don't associate being aggressive with being a woman. And when we do, she's a bitch. Right? So I, I like being aggressive because one, for a very long time in my life, I was not and I didn't speak up for myself and I felt trapped. I felt trapped in my own mind. I felt trapped in my own body and I felt acted upon as a woman. And I have in the past couple of years, this has been something that I love talking about and people notice this about me when I'm out and about, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what, let's just preface this by saying it doesn't matter what the fuck I'm wearing. I have been um cat called in fucking sweatpants i've been cat called in whatever i'm wearing doesn't matter um but a lot of t- i for so long that has happened to me that's been happening to me since i was about 10 years old men on the street saying things like people in grocery stores saying things just wherever i am like pe- men saying things to me um and in the p- i never have said you know as women a lot of times we're just you know ignore it just ignore it just ignore it right and in the past couple of years i haven't ignored it And instead, I've used my aggressiveness as like a way to harness my power instead of um, making me a bitch. I've used it to like make me confident. And so when I hear it's crazy, like my my fiance laughs, dude. He's just like, oh, you don't want to fuck with her like you fucked (laughs) up, boy. Like he loves it. He'll just like sit back and like watch me lose my shit on a dude. It's hilarious. (laughs) But like, well, you know, we'll be I'll be somewhere. And this has happened many times. I can count many times. And I'll be at the store, right? I'll be at the store. Let's just say this is like a recent one. I'm at the store and I'm walking around. And it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. I, you know, I'm dressed nicely. I'm, I had went out to a, a friend's birthday. And this guy says under his breath as he's walking by me, damn, bitch, right? Like as I'm like walking by. <laughs> and I was like, what did you say? I just, I straight up just got in his face and like circled around him and got right in his face and was like, what did you say? And he was like, uh, I was like, why did you say that to me? I was like, why did you say that to me while you were walking away? If you wanted to give me a compliment, you could have given me a compliment. But instead, you slurred me underneath your voice and like, like I couldn't hear you. And I was like, that's rude. And I was like, what you did made me very uncomfortable. I don't appreciate it. I said, do you have a mother? Do you have a sister? Do you have a woman in your life? Would you treat her with such disrespect? If you want to give me a compliment, give me a compliment. But don't act like I can't hear you. And do not like don't don't make me feel uncomfortable because, you know, that's what you were doing. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will never do that again. Right. It's like and I've done that multiple times. And you know what? It happens. It's like I'm so fucking glad that I do that because for so long I was just like, oh, just ignore it. I'm just going to pretend like it doesn't happen. And it made me feel super fucking trapped and it made me feel not powerful and like. I hate it. I don't know why. And and it also doesn't educate men when we're quiet. Being quiet is not, and it's not my job to educate men, but it's like, you know what? Like 
maybe there is a guy that does that a lot and thinks it's like funny or cute or whatever Mm -hmm. right and like maybe i can be the chick that's like hey dude that really fucking sucked and i'm not like a total bitch about it like sometimes in the situation depends but like a lot of times i'm like hey dude why did you do that like you just made me feel really uncomfortable like that was kind of weird i'll just be super real with them and they'll be like oh my god dude i'm super sorry like i'm like if you do that you should probably stop like it's kind of shitty well does that ever work like all of a sudden the girl turns around and then they're sleeping together 10 minutes later it's it's never worked and that's what my fiance says he's like (laughs) why on earth would these dudes do that like when has it ever worked ever once you know and i'm like it's not about it working or not jay you're missing the point like i love you you know what i mean and and that is a true but like it's about like why you disrespect like why it's like it's and i don't mind having people compliment me and saying oh hey like that doesn't bother me this guy actually at the mall the other day was like you have a really nice body and said it in a very like polite nice way and i was like oh Thank you. You know, like, okay, I don't mind a compliment. But when you're like, damn, baby, you're fucking hot. Like, nah, 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 nah. I'm just yeah. like, you know what? Fuck you. Damn, like, bitch, you got nice eyebrows. Right? <laughs> Chad, that's Chad's compliment. And that one seems that, to work that, every time. If you're saying that, like, it is going to work every time. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Eyebrows on point. Like, girl, you don't you even know. You know how long I worked on You know me. how long I I straight made every single line to look like an eyebrow piece for these. No, we're for sure going to have to bring you back because we're getting into a lot of really heavy stuff that we can talk about for a really long time. That's true. So you're great. Thank Seriously. you. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. Um, so check it out. Like I announced in the beginning of the podcast, man. We're on all platforms now. Most of them, the ones that matter at least, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, get on there. Download, like, review, let us know. If you have anything you want us to discuss on this podcast, DM us. Follow us on Last Week Out. That's it. Last Week Out on Instagram. Follow us. DM us. Ask us questions. You know, if you have any questions for the guests, we can relay those to her. Maybe we can bring her back on. We can talk about that kind of stuff. We can have this open format. Let's just... Let's just talk. Let's talk about ideas. Let's talk about uh, feminism. Let's talk about whatever. Let's just talk about it. Let's get that message out there and let's get people conversating and, and, and thinking, right? And I just super grateful to have this experience with you again. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> we have got a... some great drops today, too. Yeah, we did. See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye.